This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide. The biggest breaking news stories, an outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley-Brewer on Talk Radio. For allowing Gary Lineker back on air without an apology for his tweets likening the government's migrant policy to 1930s Germany. Meanwhile, Britain's fleet of nuclear-powered submarines could be doubled as part of a deal with the US and Australia to counter the growing threat from China. And paedophile pop star Gary Glitter has been recalled to prison for breaking his bail conditions just a month after his early release. Uh, the time right now is five past seven. This is Talk Breakfast. Uh, good morning to you. Thank you very much indeed for your company. It is an extraordinary morning after a major uh, defence deal, basically focusing on the fact that goodness knows it's not just a threat from Russia but from China too something we've discussed quite often on this show I think you will recall it is the BBC and Gary Lineker still leading most of the front pages and the only front pages that don't lead with Gary Lineker lead with another Gary Gary Glitter going back to jail I want to hear from you regarding that uh, BBC deal with Gary Lineker he's back on air he has to abide by social media guidelines um, although and, and an apology to everybody including Gary Lineker apparently uh, for the kerfuffle at the weekend with Match the day pretty much uh, turned into a sort of just a couple of, uh, of videos of, of the football matches that took place that day. I want to know what your reaction is. Is it a climb down by the BBC? Uh, has this shown that the Gary Lineker is bigger than the BBC? Do you think this is the end of the BBC in terms of people's willingness to pay the licence fee? Uh, I'd love to hear your reaction. Tweet me at Talk TV. You can text the word talk uh, and then your message to 8732. Uh, it'd be good to get your thoughts on that. Uh, but just before we go to uh, my guest uh, Benedict Spence and also another guest uh, just the latest um, unemployment figures have just uh, been published from the Office for National Statistics uh, and UK unemployment rate was at 3.7% in the three months to January, that's unchanged from the previous uh, three months announced last month, uh, so that is probably good news, uh, so no doubt that will come up in the conversations about the spring budget later as well uh, Right now though, let me introduce you to uh, Benedict Spence, who's a Conservative commentator, joining me this morning. Um, there is the small matter of you know possibility of World War Three, mm. um, not just in Ukraine but also uh, with, with, with China, um, um, and, and, and yet the issue of the BBC and the licence fee and Gary Lineker is still on front page. But just very briefly, this isn't about Gary Lineker per se, is it? It's all been focused on him. He's the one in the news, but actually it is about the future of the BBC and the role it has. Yes, it is, and that's why I think that the BBC has created issues for itself down the road. Yeah, whatever its uh, guidelines are with him, there are going to be other senior BBC figures who want to know, does it apply to me? The government, as you can tell, already is, you know, aspects of it are very angry about this. They want to know what the BBC's remit is going to be. Of course, they control pretty much the future of the BBC uh, one way or another. So it's in for a difficult 18 months. Um, and of course, there was also a government policy that everybody seems to have forgotten about that was actually, you know, the, the focus of, of the outrage, which, uh, you know, I think Mr Lineker has done his very best to draw attention away from that, because now we're all talking about a free speech issue. All talk, yeah. Very smart. Although it's not a free speech issue. I think, <laughs> well, look, let's, uh, let's talk to uh, Tobias Elwood, who's my first guest this as Conservative MP, of course, and Chair of the Defence. Select Committee. And good morning to you, Tobias. 
Good morning Thank to you. Thank you for joining us. Now, I say, I do want to get on to the, I think, rather more important matter than, than a crisp salesman and, and, and footballing pundit and, and, uh, and what he tweets about uh, 1930s Germany and government policies. But, but you know, he has been very critical of the government policies. You know, you, you're a Tory MP, you support your government. Um, and, and he has raised huge questions about the future of the BBC as a national institution funded by, with our licence fee, effectively a tax. Um, do you think this is a game changer for the BBC? Is this the beginning of the end? I don't think it's the beginning of the end. These are rather dramatic words. I think the BBC provides an incredible service, and I'm pleased to, pleased to see investment in our world service, given you know the importance of transparency uh, of information in this disinformation age. But I think Lineker's tweet, I think it was, probably was provocative, it was probably unwise, um, and then it raised questions inside the BBC you know, about their standards, given you've got Alan Sugar and Andrew Neil and, and people like that. It's for the BBC to now determine that, I think it's been a huge distraction. I haven't got a problem with Gary Lineker tweeting myself, but it has been a distraction from the bigger, more concerning issue of what we're doing about the migrant issue, what we're doing to stop um, you know, the boat crossings, what we're doing on the bigger picture uh, you know, to provide a legal uh, policy uh, which will stand up in international law um, that will be respected by our allies and institutions, including the United Nations. And we got back to that last night when we debated it in the House. Mm. So I think it has been a huge distraction. And as you implied, it's opened up perhaps a hornet's nest inside the BBC, which I'm sure they'll now overcome. Uh, yes, well, we shall, we shall await the results of that uh, review of the guidelines of social media. Let's talk about a rather more important affair, which we invited you to talk uh, about, Tobias, uh, Albert, uh, and that is Britain preparing to double its fleet of attack submarines. Uh, it's after Rishi Sunak uh, went to San Diego, the west coast of the States, uh, to sign this defence pact with uh, US President Joe Biden and, of course, the Australian Prime Minister as well, um, Anthony Albanese. Um, this is about a massive, big, huge investment into our very technical, logically advanced uh, submarine fleet with two of our closest and longest allies. Um, it's going to be delivered, we're told, in the 19th, sorry, 19, the 20, everyone's talking about the 1930s, uh, about in the 2030s. Um, my guess is therefore 2040s, if we're lucky, at double the price. The threat we're facing right now in Ukraine, in Europe, uh, from Russia, but also in the Indo-Pacific, uh, and particularly with Taiwan and Japan also feeling that stress um, from China, that's going to come long before the 2030s or the 2040s. Is this enough? Uh, yeah, well, firstly, it's a huge step. I think it's really welcome to see us working with, as you described, our closest security allies, Australia and indeed the United States. We've just been selling and working and building frigates with Australia, the Type 26. So this is an advance on that and will uh, secure a lot of industrial jobs, defence-based jobs right across Britain. So I think this is really welcome news. But what you're saying is absolutely right. This is for the long term, recognising where the world is actually going. And we need to be rec uh, also appreciating, just as the Prime Minister was saying, the danger, the disorder, the division, if you like, the pace of geopolitical change is now intensified. And I'm not sure we're there yet. And yesterday we had the big announcement of the uh, new uh, integrated review, as it's called, IR23. And we saw no new money for the Army, Air Force or Navy. We saw us uh, replenishing our stocks of ammunition, quite rightly. We saw money for the nuclear projects, as we've just been speaking about, but nothing for our hollowed out army. And I'm afraid we're on the foothills of a new Cold War. We're still in on a peacetime defence budget 
And that is wrong. This is the big worry, isn't it? Because we've seen, I mean, certainly the Poles, they, they've got to grips. They, they know they're sort of next in line with the threat from Russia. They've massively increased uh, their uh, percentage of GDP, their spending on defence. We've seen other countries, well, Germany and others, frankly, a long time coming. Uh, but still, nothing like what the Americans spend by far. I think the next five biggest countries uh, don't spend the same uh, as America does. But China have just uh, only recently moved to a 5% of GDP spending on the military. That is under no, there's no way you could look at it any other way. That is China on a war footing. We are not yet, even though we are involved in supplying one side of a war in Europe, we are not yet on a war footing. Do you think that our, our leaders, and even even with the strong language, you, 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 hit, you hinted on that about Rishi Sunak saying that uh, Russia's invasion of Ukraine and a more aggressive China, his words are, he says, threatening to create a world defined by danger, disorder and division. He predicted a difficult and dangerous decade ahead. He seems to have got to grips with it. But does the, does the money, does the investment, uh, does, does the practicalities, the reality, does that actually match the rhetoric? Well, again, you know, you sum it up well. I've read the new document, the publication, the Integrated Review, Refresh 2023. I've never seen such strong language, which shows the deteriorating threat picture across the world, not just in Europe as well. Then it goes on to, uh, quite rightly to say Britain wants to have a uh, commitment to be a global, you know, world shaping uh, world events and, and be participating on the international stage. But we simply can't do that without the, the hard power that backs it up. And 18 frigates and destroyers will not cut it. You know, there's an army with just 72,000 people in it will not cut it. An army with just 148 tanks is not enough. And I'm baffled. I really am baffled. Uh, that we have not invested more in our three conventional services. The last IR actually saw many of these platforms cut because we had a tilt towards cyber and space, quite rightly. But because the budget was frozen, uh, then we had all these platforms that were cut. Uh, you know, including the Hercules aircraft, for example, but, the warrior but, fighting vehicle. But this is the thing, gone. isn't it? We, we are spending a lot of money on the nuclear nuclear powered submarines on nuclear. That, that's a huge, huge cost. Again, as uh, maintaining our place as a, a permanent member of the national of, of the uh, the National Security Council. Um, we we also we also have you know all that cyber stuff. But we'd still need those conventional weapons, as we're seeing in Ukraine. Actually, you know, it does come down to, you know, men, tanks on the ground, those missiles, you know, guns. Uh, you know, we, we're often sort of fighting a war that we think might happen or one that has already happened, as opposed to how wars often end up playing out. Um, no. So it, and that's 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 I would say that as a as an very much an armchair general. But even I can see that there's a horrible flaw here. A lot of people will be saying this morning we're approaching spring budget. Um, people are still. I mean, we've got this horrible cold weather. People still worrying about their heating bills, paying uh, for food at the supermarket, and, and and all of the other things that have gone up in price. And they're just saying. We don't have the money. How come we've got money for this nucleus-powered subs, but we haven't got money to help people with energy bills or pensions or to pay doctors more so they're not on strike with the NHS, all of that. But this is about this is about effectively an insurance policy, isn't it? That age-old quote, you know, speak softly but carry a big stick. We need to have that big stick if we're going to prevent a war. It's not just preventing the war. It's actually concluding a war as well. And the biggest danger that we face now in 2023 is a frozen conflict in Ukraine, which will allow Putin to claim some form of victory. You're absolutely right that people in Britain are concerned about the price, uh, cost of living and so forth, energy and food. But guess why those are high? It's because of Ukraine. 
if you if the war in Ukraine hadn't taken place, inflation in the UK would be at four percent. How different our world would be then, and then rather the double figures that it's reached recently. So it's in our interest to put that fire out to get the grain out of um, Odessa, which we've spoken about many times. Yeah. We still are not trying to achieve that. We are still watching what Russia does and responding to it rather than shaping the agenda ourselves. Goes back to having the hard power and the convening power. And we illustrated that when we offered the 11, uh, the, the squadron of tanks, we, you know, we had the political courage to do so and then others followed. So we don't need always to do the heavy lifting but we do need the hard power to set the example. And right now, we're not investing our armed forces in recognition of the threats that are coming now coming very clearly over the hill. Tobias Elwood, Conservative MP, Chair of the Defence Select Committee, thank you very much indeed. I am always very aware, uh, Benedict Spence, that when I've had a conversation with Tobias Elwood on, on air, um, mm. online, an awful lot of people will be saying, oh, you know, here you are, warmongering again. No, 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 no. We didn't start the war in Ukraine. Putin did that. Yeah. Um, it, China has said very clearly they are planning to retake ta Taiwan. They regard Taiwan as their territory. End of discussion. Mm. They will take it peacefully. That's not going to happen. Therefore, they will take it militarily. They mm. have been very, very clear about that. Um, so we're going to have to be prepared. Are we just going to go, oh, fair enough. No problem. Off you go. Mm. Um, the economic impact, even if you didn't care about people on the other side of the world, people might start caring when they realise that there's basically no technology left anymore because every single you know, mm. top grade microchip in the world is made in in Taiwan. Yeah. And that's ultimately that's what it's about. It's about control, because actually, if you give China control of Taiwan, like if you give Russia control of Ukraine, it starts to have more influence on your life over what it is that you can do, the prices that you have to pay for things, what your government can or cannot do. And that's what you know. people need to step back and look at the bigger picture and say, it's not just about sinking money into a conflict that you may or may not think we have any role in. It's the knock-on effects of that. It is trying to play these so-called you know, 40 chess and see several moves ahead. If you don't do that, fine, but your country will become weaker and it will then become at the behest of those other powers like China and Russia. Yeah. And I would rather be part of you know, the Western power block yeah. than one that is beholden to no, those exactly. countries. I mean, yeah, you, you might not like America. But yeah. You know what? You know, Better you don't, than China. Better yeah, than Russia. Make a choice, people. Yeah. <laughs> we, we're going to have to pick one yeah. side. It's pretty clear to me which is better for us. Uh, 7.18 is the time. I'm going to get to some of your texts and tweets coming in thick and fast about Gary Lineker and the BBC. I want to know what's your reaction to uh, the, the settlement as as it is right now. Uh, we're also going to be talking more about that with the former BBC producer. The biggest breaking news stories and outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley-Brewer on Talk Radio.